Okay, we are Wednesday, and we're studying the scriptures. We're going to be in Genesis. We've been going through Genesis, and it's good to have you. Hope you stick around and learn some stuff with us. Eh, that all right? 8 a.m., Atlantic Daylight Time. This is the Early Bird Podcast Sessions. Stefan Maia with you. AddedSouls.com is the website. Please consider supporting this kind of work. It really, really helps a whole bunch. You can check out the ways you can do so in the show notes. My email address is there. Send me an email if you need an address, if you need some more information, all that kind of good stuff. The itinerary is there as well. We go live from Monday to Friday. We try to be as consistent as possible. We typically do. But uh, yeah, that's what's up. Genesis chapter uh, 9 is what we're looking into. This is episode 10 of our Genesis series on Wednesdays. And uh, it's nine chapter 9 verses 1 through 7. Uh, what is it now? Yeah, 1 through 17. And we're going to be talking about the covenant of the rainbow. So titled, right? Covenant of the bow. If you're uh, new to the program, please consider going back, if you wish, to the archive videos in this channel, on this channel. Please consider subscribing to the channel, following, like, rumble, comment, share, all that kind of good stuff. Again, it really, really helps. Uh, the gospel move further and this kind of content with Christian uh, Christian content uh, find seeking audience if you will participants I will be putting the text on the screen so we can go through that thus far we've seen a great many things take place right and uh, now because the flood has subsided we looked into that chapter 8 in the last episode we go into chapter 9 regarding the covenant of the bow and let me just put that up on the screen here so we can start reading together, you and I. There we go. All right. Covenant of the Rainbow. Covenant of the Rainbow. Chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, humankind, mankind, right? The kind in which is created in the image of the great I am with eternal attributes. Mankind had a beginning at the moment of ensoulment, conception, ensoulment, but we have an eternal presence within us. Our soul will never die. Now it will either choose to go to eternal punishment, what is so commonly spoken as hell, or we shall be found in the location of eternal peace and paradise, what is so commonly spoken as heaven. We make that decision. God has allowed us the independent accountability to do so. Animals and creeping things and all these wonderful, even domestic uh, creatures that we have in the house that we love and we learn to love and we take care of, uh, these are not created in the image of God, only mankind. And God blessed Noah and his sons with procreation, the ability to subdue the earth with mankind, because the earth was not uh, meant to be uh, primary in this function, mankind. The earth is for mankind, not mankind for the earth, if you will. But there is 
a dynamic presence in which a relationship is formed. While we walk on this earth, we are to be good stewards of this earth, and we are to be kind to the beasts, subdue them, utilize them for what God has allowed us to utilize them, sometimes domestic uh, animals within the household, giving us joy, entertainment, and sometimes, well, you know, a really, really yummy steak on the grill. <laughs> So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, male and female, husband and wife, the blessing of the wedding vow, the wedding covenant, the institution that was from the very beginning created and perfect. Now we aren't perfect and we make a mess of that and that's where you find chaos and divorce and all kinds of separation. And uh, that's sad. That shouldn't be. We should be able to work it out. If we love Jesus first and foremost, we can work it out. But sometimes the spouse or... The bride or the groom don't want to work it out. They want to go their own way, and that causes a great cavity in the wedding. But anyways, not to go into the marriage uh, perspective of what's taking place right here and now, we're not there. But uh, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The earth is for you. The earth is for us. Mankind has been blessed with this beautiful earth. Mountains and trees and all this kind of new stuff, right? Well, new for... Noah and his sons, this new world now. Remember, the old one had flooded, been destroyed, been righteously judged. But now this new earth is where Noah and his sons are walking. And they are blessed with the ability to procreate. Male, female, husband, wife, complement each other bi uh, biologically and also emotionally. It is pleasurable to have a friendship like that and uh, to procreate. So he continues in verse 2. Be, or sorry, the fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky. With everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand, they are given. See, here's where the heathen gets it wrong. Purposely so. They think it upside down. They teach it upside down. They believe it upside down, which is why today you and I currently have the most powerful principles corrupted into the worldview that we serve the animal and the animal is more important and the animal is to be worshipped and the animal is to be protected primarily away from us. You know, we are the CO2 they are seeking to remove. Humankind. And that, of course, stems from godless minds. Godless minds think that uh, we must uh, save the earth, you know, environmentalists and whatnots. Let's save the earth. Let's save the animals. Let's get rid of the human beings. We're the problem. Well, we choose to be the problem, obviously. We choose to be the problem because we do not seek the love of God and the instruction and wisdom and, and, and uh, forgiveness and all that kind of good stuff. But over here, the instruction, which is still active today, you know, that is something that is active. It is, it, 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 it is above and beyond covenant, if you will, above and beyond Old Testament, New Testament. It is just law that God has set forth between mankind and this earth and the beast and the creepy crawlies. The fear of you, mankind, and the terror of you, mankind, will be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky. With everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand, they are given. 
They are given. Into your hand, they are given. We can subdue any beast. That's why you have individuals who wrestle with bears and tigers and lions. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Where's Dorothy? I don't know. But that is true. There is no beast we cannot subdue. No matter how big it is. And of course, individuals who are godless will say things like, well, dinosaurs don't exist anymore. They were prehistoric, which is not true. They existed among mankind and mankind subdued some of these beasts. These coined dinosaurs in the late 1800s, right? Before then, they would be known as dragons or leviathans or various other uh, names of that kind. Well, we need to understand that. Now, that doesn't mean that we should not have any fear of beasts that can kill us. Because a beast is of an instinct mind. He's not going to have a conscience to think and say, oh, maybe I shouldn't hurt this human being, you know, it'd be bad on me. No, no. Beast will devour you. But we can subdue them. We have the power to do so. Ever see individuals who do uh, who can control um, elephants and all kinds of huge beasts? Anyways, that's what's going on. They are given to the hands of the human beings. They are to be submissive to the hands of the human beings. And the human beings have within them this... Um, authority to which the beast fear and find terror. That's why they do what you tell them to do if you train them right. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give all to you as I gave the green plant. So not only do we get the salad, the rabbit food, we also get the meat. We get to cook the meat, enjoy the meat. Yummy, yummy meat. And I am thankful to God that he allows us to eat meat. Only, there's a condition, there's a boundary to this. You shall not eat flesh with its life. That is, its blood. While the heart's still thumping, you're not going to eat the thing. <laughs> okay? You're not going to start to eat a cow while it walks and lives. You first kill the beast, drain the blood cut up the meat, and throw it on the grill. That's how that works. We're not to be, uh, what do you call that? I forget the word. Anyways, so yeah, that's a, that's a condition. That's a boundary. God sets forth a blessing for humankind. They are to procreate, fill the earth. And they are going to have food to eat. And the animals are going to be subdued to them. They're going to fear the humans. These beasts are going to fear the humans. The humans can eat them. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life. Flesh not the problem. The flesh with life is the problem. That is its blood. So you're not going to eat a beast while it's alive. Forget about it. Now once it's dead, you can eat it. Surely I will require your lifeblood, he says in verse 5. From every beast I will require it. And from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Of course, understood here in verse 6, Whosoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. 
We're not going to be cannibals. That's the word I was looking for. We're not going to eat each other as human beings. Not going to happen. Because blood will require blood. Surely I will require your lifeblood. From every beast I will require it. And from every man. From every man's brother I will require the life of man. Whosoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. We have what you call a holy, set apart, different, different importance to God's scheme of redemption. We are in his image. He loves us. And if we love him, we'll obey his commandments. Right? We're not to murder each other. We're certainly not to utilize each other as humankind for nourishment. We are not food for each other. And sadly, in great famines and in times of war, it is recorded, historically so, that mankind has eaten mankind. Mothers have eaten their children. We turn into animals. That is not allowed. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Again, it's a blessing. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. <clears throat> I had to sneeze. That's bad news today. It's illegal over in this country anyways. If you sneeze, that's a problem. Don't tell anyone, please. Okay, so as for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. What do the godless say? Everything in the, you know why they attack Genesis now. You know why the world hates Genesis. Satan hates Genesis and his influence on the minds of those who belong to their father, a murderer and a liar from the beginning, hate Genesis. That's the first place they want to go to destroy Genesis. Why? Because everything it says is contrary to what the world believes. The world doesn't want male, female, husband and wife, and children. Yet here is what God sets forth from the very beginning. They don't want that. That's why they've been working very hard to destroy it. Destroy husband, wife, male, female, husband, wife, family, children. Destroy that. Destroy procreation. How are we doing that? Well, we murder our babies. And the and the blessed babies that get the chance at life that we don't murder, we pervert immediately into all kinds of LGBTQWD40 stuff. Okay? Destruction of the family. That's why they hate Genesis. And also, the earth is for us to walk on and subdue. The beasts, the creepy crawly things, they hate that. To them, Mother Earth is most important. To them, the beast and the creepy crawly things are more important. To them, a worm has greater importance than a human being. That's why you go to jail for killing these beasts. But you are promoted, encouraged, and glorified if you murder your babies in the womb. Human babies. There's more importance to eagle eggs than there are to human beings in the womb. So that's why they hate Genesis. Everything in Genesis is contrary to the worldview, the heathen worldview, the pagan worldview, the godless worldview. 
As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. That's what you got to do. Make babies. Enjoy that. Subdue the earth. Utilize it. This new earth is yours. Use it. God, of course, has set forth from the very beginning, Genesis 3.15, his son to come on the earth. So things must move forward. Then God spoke to Noah in verse 8, chapter 9, Genesis. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I myself do establish my covenant with you. I myself, the authority and witness, establishing what? Whose covenant? My covenant. Ownership. It's God's covenant to himself. With who? With mankind, human beings. And with your descendants after you, all who will come through the lineage. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. Okay. And when God sets a covenant, he sets it. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Remember, this wasn't just a local deluge of some sort. This was a massive bursting of the earth, the heavens and the earth. It was a flood. The entire globe was water. And everything and everyone that had the breath of life drowned and died in just judgment. They were wicked, violent, evil, and had their minds on all sorts of immoral things every hour of the day. God hit the restart button. And through his grace, Noah found favor. God be praised. God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. There's a promise here being made. The earth was completely destroyed. Noah and those in the ark survived. The earth will never again be flooded in that way. Now, that don't mean there won't be any floods that kill a whole bunch of people or tornadoes or earthquakes or all the other things that this fallen world gives through the submission we have in this natural realm. Not at all. People are going to die of natural disasters. But as far as one massive natural disaster to wipe out every human being on earth, no. It's not going to happen. Nor is there going to be some kind of moment where an individual hits the button to the bomb and explodes this earth into a billion pieces and no human beings exist. No. God is in control of how this earth ends, this world ends, and he said it's not going to be ending with water like he did so in the age of Noah. Water was the way this judgment took place in the age of Noah. Fire is the one coming next, in which you and I eagerly anticipate to be with our master.
forevermore in the heavenly realm. God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you, God and human beings, and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. I set my bow in the cloud. There's a rainbow that is shining. There's a rainbow in the sky. If you sing that song, it's a good one. I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. Between who? God and the earth. A bow in the cloud, to which we commonly know as the rainbow. Again, why the world utilizes the rainbow for its own prideful perversions. It's all an attack on God. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with love. It has nothing to do with uh, diversity or has nothing to do with all that stuff. It has to do with we hate God and we hate each other and we hate and we hate and we pervert and we pervert. And so we're going to use everything God has used for good. We're going to use it for evil. So God sets his bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant. I'll tell you something. It's a good thing God gives himself boundaries. He does. I mean, you know that, right? God's not going to do anything he's written in the Bible against what he's written in the Bible. Like, God's word binds him. He set his boundaries. He is submissive to his words. That's what makes you and I be able to trust him. If the law, you read the law of the common land or the government's law, and you abide by that law, and then you find yourself in court, and all of a sudden the judge says, yeah, I don't care much about those laws I written, I wrote. I'm just going to toss them out. Well, how safe would you find yourself? How, mu how much trust would you have in the government? That's why we have no trust in the government currently, because that's exactly what they've been doing. You go in there thinking that you have the right to your constitutional acts, your chartered freedoms, First and Second Amendment stuff, but no, lo and behold, the judge says, nah, I don't care much about those things, so we're going to throw them out. Well, you wouldn't trust the judge or the government or the system anymore, would you? Okay. I know you understand that. So figure it out. God's not going to go against his word. That's why he said his word is the very information that's going to judge you on the day you meet him. If you're, if you're found either outside the fold or... You're in, you, you've uh, obeyed the gospel, but you've since withdrawn yourself. Or, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will, in the mix. That kind of stuff. I mean, the, we know that God's not going to break his word. He's bound himself to his word. Well, so has he with this bow. Every time he sees the bow, he says, I'm not going to destroy the earth. It's a reminder to him. It's a covenant. I'm not going to destroy the earth again like that. I mean, we, we need to establish that. That's a, that. That needs to be understood. 
because sometimes we tend to think, well, you know, we don't know really. You know, we don't know that when we meet God, you know, who knows? He's God. He can do what he wants to do. Well, he most certainly can. In the context of he is powerful. But no, God cannot do everything that would be against what he said. Like it's his boundary. And it's a good thing. That makes like that's not a bad thing. That's not a diminishing of his power or his love or anything. If anything, it's even amplifying his power and his love for us. So we can trust his words. He's not gonna, we're not gonna end, we're not gonna show up in court one day. The highest court will be in session, right? Judgment day. We're not gonna show up there and be like hearing God say, Well, you know what, you know, these people, I know my words say they couldn't go to heaven, but uh they can go to heaven now. What? Well, then why did you have me? I mean, you can see the arguments that would come up. There would be an injustice. Like, you know, you, you don't want, like, it would be impossible to meet God and have someone that is that was guilty of a, a great sin. Chaos, breaking families, breaking, dividing churches, you know, a Judas, a betrayer. All of a sudden, yeah, I know Judas did these things, but whatever, it's fine. He can go to heaven now. What? If I would have known this, I would have just lived like a heathen. Everybody's going to heaven then. Like, we need to understand that God has set himself in boundaries. And that amplifies his power and his love for us. Now, when he sees this bow, he's not going to destroy the earth ever again through this similar pattern. That don't mean he's not going to destroy the earth. He is. With fire next time. But it's not going to be a flood like in Noah's days. His word is the truth. And the truth sets us free. The truth is reality. Sadly, a great many brethren live in a delusional mind state. Although, quickly sober up on the day of judgment, for sure. That keeps us humble, doesn't it? We all need his grace. We all need to be quick to, to repent and all these things. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. The word all flesh is important there. We are going to have floods. We've been having floods. People have died. People have been dying. People are going to die of natural disasters. But never again a worldwide flood where the earth burst and the heavens burst and people drown like that. Everyone. When the bow is in the cloud, verse 16, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh and all the earth. It, it, that is on the earth. That's why it's so beautiful when you look at the sky and you see the bow. Just think for a moment there. You are looking at the bow with God. God is looking at the bow. You are looking at the bow. We are here on this earth. God is in the heavenly realm. And together, his people and himself look at the bow and know that God will not break his covenant. He's not going to flood this globe again like he did in the age of Noah. There's a connection there between us and God when we see that bow. The world hates it. That's why the world hijacks the bow for their own perversion and pride. 
But you and I, we have a connection with our maker through the bow. We know what took place. We know what happened. And we know he won't do that again in like manner. But we are certainly found in comfort to know that God's justice on the day the highest court will be in session, the end of time, we have comfort that the injustice that we've experienced on this earth will be made right. We will have our justice. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on earth. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? When you look at the bow, you find your connection with God and the covenant he has made with mankind. All right, well, that finishes off that section. We're not going to get into the rest of the chapter because that takes its own section there. We'll keep it for the next half hour next week. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, something Noah done. And there's a problem, of course. But, uh, yeah, we'll save that one for next week. Our next week's Wednesday study. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Obviously, hope you this information finds you well. I hope uh, that uh, you are encouraged uh, with information like this and the fine worth and the material. Please be sure to subscribe to the channel. You know, like, follow, rumble, share, comment, all that kind of good stuff. And please, please, please consider supporting this work. It helps me and my family a whole lot. Food, shelter, clothing, and I know times are tough, man. <laughs> Inflation is no joke right now. It's just crazy. Um, a lot of people um, aren't aren't able to, uh, to live these days. Through God's grace, and I thank God so much that randomly each month a donation comes in that allows us to pay the bills. That your support, and no amount is too small and no amount is too big, it, it helps put food on the table and it expands Expediates. It'll, in an expedient way, it allows us to continue doing this work, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. You are loved. You are appreciated. There is purpose in life. We can find comfort in reading these accounts, these recorded and witnessed accounts, where we know the history and origin of humankind and what we've been through thus far. And friends, we know God is with us, among us and within us, all who are faithful to him as legal citizens of his kingdom. Our Lord and Master Jesus Christ now crowned king of his kingdom. And we have hope and comfort in that. There are many wolves among us. There are many evil uh, brethren, brothers and sisters, who utilize Christianity for their own selfish ambitions filled with jealousy, envy, and pride, and all that stuff. We know that. We see the hypocrisy in those who hijack Christianity for their own nefarious reasons. But let's not be... Uh, let's not lose spirit. Let's not lose hope. We can have hope. And also with this dying world and its hostile governments and these heathens out there that just hate God, don't lose hope. We can see that God loves us and we can see this covenant and the bow lets us know that the return of our Lord when the sky opens and the trump sounds, it's a day we eagerly wait for and it'll be a beautiful day a day where all the wrongs will be made right and uh, those who have done evil against us will be judged and we will be in heaven forevermore with our master. There's a lot of hope there. All right, guys, Stefan Maia is my name. This is the Early Bird Podcast Sessions. We go live from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. Look at the itinerary. You might find yourself 
interested in uh, what we do here. And uh, yeah, stay focused, stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow morning, God bless.